Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. Anyway, grab your seats again. Let's hear a bit more about the vision of Freedom Church for 2017. The vision for 2017. Wonderful. See, I said to the people this morning at our prayer meeting, a vision is having a photo in your back pocket that reminds you of what's important to you. Sometimes when life can be difficult, it's an opportunity to pull out of your pocket or your wallet or your screensaver, or your, your background, or your iPad, whatever you do, you have an image of either a family member or of, of a, a slogan or something that's really important to you. And that's what vision's about. Vision's about saying, actually, what are we about? Who are we for? Why do we do what we do? Because if we're not careful, we're just busy doing church, we forget the reason why. We talked about that last year. So the vision of Freedom Church, a quick reminder for us all, is this large, vibrant, worshipping church. That's what we see is a, is a picture of our preferred future. A large, vibrant, worshipping church community based in Romsey, enabling as many people as possible to find and follow Jesus. We're about helping those who aren't here. And there are thousands of people in Romsey, which is growing every day with the new estates being built and so forth, that do not know Jesus. Our mission is huge. We are not stopping, go, aren't we doing well? We've got a good church and Freedom Kids have got t-shirts. Let's all just put the pause button on. God's got more for us. And I know you've probably heard Simon give a very cautious and careful budget of we'll live within our means. There's a good reason for that. Listen in. We're not stopping. We're just pausing because God's got something new for us to move into. The next level, the ceiling becoming our floors we've heard about. So last year we, we uh, or I shared about the the vision of the church, and we looked at the Freedom Rocket, which I know I was more excited about than everyone else in the room put together. I get that. But I'm even more excited now because I've got a new rocket. I've had my rocket polished up. It looks amazing. Are you ready for this? we got a great rocket. Okay, we look, we've got background, we've got a moon, we've got, oh, it's going to be so good. So this, is, this was our kind of idea, or my idea of trying to symbolize what are we going to do? Because if the vision is growing a large worshiping community here in Romsey to help as many people as possible find and follow Jesus, then here is the how we are going to do that. How are we going to make that a reality and not just talk about it? The first thing is our nose cone of the rocket. There we go. We're going to make sure, and that's our focus, that we want people to find and follow Jesus. It's great that we're feeding 400 plus people last year through the food bank, but we're not here just to feed people. Matthew 25 calls us to feed people because we don't know who we're going to be engaging. It could be angels themselves. We have a responsibility to serve our community and tell them about Jesus Christ and what he can do to change their lives. So the first thing, our focus is to find and follow Jesus. And we do that here at Freedom Church on making sure that everyone is welcome. Everyone is welcome from the moment you walk in our buildings and our activities and our groups and our connect groups and our youth groups and our children's program and our church on a Sunday. Whenever you come to anything, I want to say that everyone is welcome. And that's a really important aspect. That's how Jesus lived it. He lived out this idea that everyone is welcome. And then we don't just create a nice warm club where everyone's at home, but we want to make sure people get connected. And there's nothing better than being part of family, being part of community, feeling like you belong and you have a place. And so we say, join a connect group. Join on the big team, the people that set up this stage and all the speakers and screens, everything you see. They get here early, they set up, they make things happen, and they get connected. And many people who've joined the big team say to me, that's where I met people for the first time. I started to meet friends and make connections. So get in a connect group. Now, we've got some new connect groups starting this year, some new stuff happening. Keep your ears to the ground, and I'm sure Trevor Bond and others will explain what's going on. But get connected. 
Join a connect group and get yourself on a big team. There's lots to do and get involved with. It always helps if you're part of the family rather than just a regular visitor. And if you're here and you're thinking, I'm just a bit of a guest, I turn up, I enjoy coming, that's great. I'm glad you feel comfortable and at home, but please don't just be comfortable. Please participate. Please get involved because your experience will be 10 times better, I guarantee it. Um, I almost said all your money back there. I'm not sure if Sam will allow me to say that. There we go. And then when we say, look, you're here, you're part of the family, we want you to grow stronger. Because everyone grows when everything grows stronger. And we've got a growing stronger team that makes sure that this, this is really important. The Great Commission, Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. We're not called just to grow churches and have more bums on seats than the church down the road. We're called to make disciples. We're called to help people grow stronger. And we don't want you as people sitting here this morning just to carry on and survive life. I want you to flourish in who you're meant to be. I want you to flourish in your job, to flourish at being a parent, to flourish at being a husband or wife, to flourish at your activities on your everyday basis. We don't want to just survive and get through and get to heaven and go, oh, I just about made it, God. We've got a plan and a purpose and a mission and a calling. And there's something that God's put inside of every single one of us that we want to see come out of you and make a difference to the world around you. We want you to grow strong. And the fourth aspect is this bit about making a difference. The reason why we launched Freedom Matters this morning and the Cap and Food Bank last year is because we want to be intentional in making a difference and transforming our community. That can be from the very simple, just getting on with washing up at work where nobody else wants to do it. Or it could be running and setting up big projects that cost thousands of pounds like we have done with uh, Freedom Matters. Can I say we need to get behind this financially? We'll talk a bit more in a moment about our finances. But, you know, Freedom Matters is expensive. It does cost money to run the food bank. It does cost money to run the cap center. We need £25,000 above and beyond our everyday general funds in the church. If you can get behind that, I would like to support that. Please do consider adding to that. And then when we've got those four things, and last year during the Simple Church teaching series, we realized that actually this was great, but we were missing a few elements. And we had this kind of square, and this is why we turned the rocket. And right in the heart of who we are, I want to declare that we want to be a generous church. A generous church. And when I say people always think, oh yeah, they want the money. Listen, generosity is more than just finances. Generosity is about an attitude towards other people. Generous with our giving, generous with our time, generous with the gifts that God has given to us. Are you generous? I want us to be known as a generous church. The people say, if you go to that church, they'll really look after you. That church will really encourage you. That church will spend time and listen to you. We want to be a generous church. And a bit of a side note, I've been just looking at this this week as I've been preparing and thinking, you know, another word that keeps coming up that may need to go in there with generosity is this word that Joe mentioned last year, vulnerability. And Hannah mentioned last week when she talked about surrender. And as I was just thinking about that word vulnerability, for me, generosity is great. But sometimes generosity can also be a slight kind of bit of arrogance of I can give to those poor people over there. I've got so I can give. And if not careful, generosity can breathe a little bit of like smugness. I'm generous. Look how much I give. Vulnerability is the ability to receive generously. That's hard, isn't it? They're two sides of the same coin. Are we willing to receive and to give? Because I know I prefer to give sometimes to receive. To receive and to be vulnerable is to admit that actually I need help from other people. I need help from friends, from family, from community. I can't do life by myself. And when we want to be a generous church, maybe we need to be vulnerable to receive as well as to give the generosity we talk about. 
And then the important aspect of what powers us. As a church, we can just put all those things together and we're not here to create a nice community club. We're here to move in the power of the Word of God and His Spirit. We're here to to put forward a biblically-based church. And so we put on here these rockets that make this thing fly and we say the Word of God is so important. We want to base ourselves upon the Word of God, the Bible. We want to be people who are committed to reading the Word of God and living it out. We want to be listening to what God is saying, the, the breath of God, the ruach of God that says, yes, what are we about today here in Romsey 2017? And we want to balance that up with the gifts and the power of the Spirit. We don't do one or the other here. We try and do both and we do them side by side. Otherwise you get lopsided. We want people who move in the gifts and the spirit, uh, gifts of the spirit and the power of the spirit. And we want to be people who study the word of God and say, what does the Bible say? And how does that compare to our lives today? And we want to be people of prayer. You know, it all starts in the prayer room. It all starts. The vision for this church doesn't start on a piece of paper in my head. It starts because God spoke to me and others on our leadership team while we prayed about what are you calling us into. Our prayer and our worship of declaring how great God is, that's what we're about. And they are so important aspects. They power us. They should be powering you as a person and they should be powering us as a church. The day our budget becomes our driving force is a bad day for this church. Seriously. I mean, you know, Simon, I love dearly. He's brilliant. He's helpful. But, you know, when I see him put the budget on the stage, on the screen, do you know what I want to do with it? I want to smash it to pieces. I mean, honestly. And he knows that. I go, really? Is that our ceiling? Have we limited ourselves? And I get the whole, we've got to be good stewards. And I know, sorry, Andy, our new chair of trustees, goes, really, Sim, you're going to declare this on the stage? I just don't want to be limited because God's not limited. He has the cattle on a thousand hills. And anything he orders, he will pay for so I get the budget, I get why we have to be cautious, I get why we have to put things in. And you know what? That's good stewardship. But if that becomes a thing that stops us, oh, we can't do that. That's the budget. I'm like, give me that budget. Kick that into touch. If God's got a bigger plan for us. Listen, 12 months ago, we said we'd run the cap center and the food bank and it cost us £25,000. We didn't have. We got the money. We made it happen. It's up and running. Hundreds of people have been helped through the work of Freedom Matters because God delivered what he said he wanted. And he will do it again and again and again for us. So that's a bit of a backdrop. And then watch this to my favorite bit. Big moment here. Ready? Ready? Come on, Andrew. Come on, come on. Oh, oh I mean, you're like going, really? We've employed this sad church pastor. Yes, you have. I love that. I sat at home and watched it a few times. Anyway, so here's the real re- <laughs> Do you just put the other one up? I was saying one good, good. I didn't see that. Oh, not the other one. <laughs> you can be quiet. My friend, who, my friend who designed this designed one with my face in the middle of the, yeah. I said, we're not showing that one. We're not showing that one. Anyway, honestly, it's serious. It's a vision Sunday. So, so that was for me like a little bit of a kind of a heads up. But here's what we're about. You know, somebody once said we must always stay married to our mission, but marginally infatuated with our style. All right? Our vision and our commission, the Great Commission, never changes. We're always going to be helping people find and follow Jesus. What we do, that's what Jesus said we should do, to go into the whole world and make disciples and preach the good news. Absolutely nothing changes. But how we do it can change. 
And so I want to put to you today our vision for the church as a leadership team. We want to put to you for 2017 something which we want to see change here in this church. Something which we have been looking at for many, many years and has never happened. Because this is our year of adventure to do something we've never done before. We think it's time to get ourselves a Freedom Church building, a facility, a center, a place for us to be. We want to create space for growth. We want the church to grow. We've been on this process for some time now. Those who've been in the church for three or four years or more will know we've, we've kind of jumped around from building opportunities to building opportunities, and things haven't quite worked out. We've found something, tried something, knocked on doors, but nothing's really come to pass. So last, about November time, I suppose, I met with a bunch of people in the church here who've got some desire to see this happen. I said, I really want us to start pushing into a church building for Freedom Church. Could we make this happen? And we started talking about the possibilities and some of the challenges of that. And we just came up with this idea that, yes, now was the right time. And now was the time to start raising money so we would be ready for the moment. Remember those words, ready for the moment. We want to get ready to purchase or to build a facility to serve the needs of our growing congregation and the community we're endeavoring to serve. We spoke to our leadership team. They spent the Christmas considering this, and we talked to our trusty team, and everybody said, yes, this is right, this is good, we need to go for this. And within days of having that leadership meeting where we said, yes, this is good, we had Dwayne White come to visit us here in Romsey, middle of January. And those of you who were there will remember the words he said. He talked about our, our ceiling will become our floor. And he said, God's going to see you have a building, but it will be in a moment. And you need to be ready for the moment. And for me sitting there, when I heard that word from Dwayne, I, it was so affirming of what we believe God was telling us to do anyway. We need to get ready for a moment. We haven't got a building. We can't show you blueprints and plans and say, look, here's what it is. Here's where it is. Let's raise money. We just want to get ready. Why? Because things grow when they have space. Things grow when they have space. You know, I, I actually got in my car this week, and on Friday afternoon, I heard gardener's question times. And they were talking about bonsai trees. I know some of you were listening to that, and some of you have listened to it on iPlayer since, I'm sure. But I don't know anything about plants at all, but they were talking about bonsai trees. They're saying about how the pot that the plant is in has to be cared for because actually what happens is if you leave it in the plant pot for too long, it doesn't just limit growth, it actually kills the plant because all the nutrients are used up in the soil and every few years you have to repot the plant, rehouse it. You can put it in the same size you wanted to keep the plant small, but it's not just about restricting growth, it actually kills off the plant itself. When I heard that, I thought, I want us to create space so we grow and we stay healthy. I don't want us to become pot-bound, root-bound. I want us to become expressive and more as a church than we are today. We need to have space to grow. And also, I remember there was a comment that Joe said to me, Joe, but when she came back from a meeting with other agencies in the town, and she said, our church just feels very virtual. I'm having these conversations about the activities that we do, and they say, where are you? And they're like, well, we, we sort of meet in different places you know, cloud-based technology church. We're sort of out there somewhere. We're not quite sure how we get to it. Church is very virtual. Could we find a building? Could we build or find a facility that will actually house Freedom Church to create space for growth? Somewhere that is modern, that looks fantastic, that is warm and welcoming, and it makes people think we know what we're doing. 
That's important. You might say, well, you know, that's Tim. God looks at the heart. Yeah, but man looks at the outward appearance. And we want people to come and go, wow, this is a great space. I would love to know more about this church. We want a place that can seat hundreds of people. We reckon about 350 people plus car parking space. Buildings in Romsey have no car parking. And if we say everyone's welcome, but then we say don't, you can't park, we've already said you, you're not welcome if you can't drive or you, know, you can't find us or you're not, you're not very accessible. We want to make it as accessible as possible, a large building with a large amount of parking space so people can drive and get there. I'm sorry if you're environmentally friendly and that's terrible, then do some car sharing or something. But we want to make sure we have a large space with large parking we want to have somewhere that has a unique space for our children's program. I love the fact that Tracy and the team are making our children's program go to another level with Freedom Kids and the Rockets and the Sparklers and the T-shirts. looks great. We want to invest in our children and provide spaces that are safe and perfect for their use. For our children's babies, the babies and the creche and the youth, that we make sure that all of our age groups have spaces that really work best for them. We want to make sure that we provide the best children's program we can. We want a space so people can come in, they're welcome. There's a great warm welcome and a coffee bar and place for alpha, place for midweek activities, place for our youth programs to take place, for the food bank, for our worship nights, uh, for Freedom Matters, all those kind of things. We want space for this to happen and for us to grow. You know, it's great we've got these present facilities in Abbey Walk, and please do come along Friday night to our prayer night. Chance to have a little bit of a nosy at the same time around the facilities. They are fantastic. We have really fallen on our feet. God has been very, very, very kind to us. Listen, we only found out a month ago this might be a possibility. God moves quick sometimes, doesn't he? That moment was there. Someone said, do you want a building? We've got one for you. But the truth is, it's a temporary stopping point. We've got the building until they want to take it back. We're not paying any rent, which is great. But that also means if they find somebody who wants to pay rent, they can say, thanks very much. Can you please move out? We'd like someone else in there. We're only for there for a temporary time. And uh, Gwen had a word for me and said, you know, it's like a, a free taster. You know, you go to a supermarket and there are people with trays. They say, we'd like to try something. And you've never tried it before and you taste a small piece of what you can buy. It's small, it goes quickly, and it's, it's not really very satisfying. You think, but I could have more of that. The, when you come and see the Abbey Walk premises, we're calling it Freedom Centre. When you come along, you'll see a fantastic space. But hopefully, it'll get you thinking, what could we do if we had this and more? What could we do as a church in our community if we could have that, plus car parking, plus a better welcome, plus a ground floor ideally than a first floor? It has got a lift, don't worry, you can get up to on a lift. And all these kind of things, it's a free taster. It's great we've got, and we can't go back to where we were, literally. I tell you, moving out, the staff team were like, I'm so glad we moved out of those offices. I mean, those stone spiral care staircases, like a free workout every morning. It's, it's, it's not ideal. It's great we've moved on. But listen, God has taken us to a new place, and we can't go back. I want us as Freedom Church to dress for the job that we want, not the job that we have. You get that ex expression? We want to dress for the job that we want, not the job that we have. We want to kind of start thinking and believing we're going to be a larger church than we are right now. We're about 90 households, according to Simon's maths. But I'd like to be double that, double again. I don't mind. The ceiling, you know, is our floor, maybe. But God's ceiling is much, much higher than we can possibly imagine. We want to create space for growth. We want this to be our year of adventure. 
We want to be a church that has a, a fantastic new facility that will enable us to grow our activities through Freedom Matters, to grow our numbers through our Sunday morning meetings, and to grow ourselves that we would all grow stronger through that process. So without going to lots of time, I appreciate times against us this morning, but the Bible speaks a lot about buildings, and we could go into to more detail here, but you know, buildings are important in the Bible. We don't want to build something that's just like a local community center or a gym. We want to build a spiritual center for our town. It's not just, we're not just here just to kind of build a nice club. We're here to build a place where the presence of God can reside. You know, all throughout scriptures in Chronicles 22, God says, seek me and build me a temple. Part of building a building is about worship. It's building a space for worshiping God himself. It's one of the most basic acts. You know, throughout scriptures, the Shunammite woman built a home, a room on her house for Elisha. Abraham built an altar. Moses put up a tent. David and Solomon built a temple. And Elijah, when he built that altar, it was a sacrifice where the fire of God fell. Worship is an important part of a building. You know, all around our nation right now, there are other religions building buildings quite happily. And we're not going to surrender our skyline to other religions and faiths. We have a responsibility for generations to come to build something for them and their future. A thousand years ago, people started building the abbey as a place of worship to the people of this town. We have a responsibility to build something for the future generations that are going to come and live in this town. We're not going to surrender our skyline to other people. Secondly, the Bible tells we respond to God's presence. It's obedience. You know, man is strangely wired. When we meet with the presence of God, we want to build something. We want to leave our mark. You look throughout Scripture, it happens over and over again. When they go through um, the, the, the Red Sea and it's part of, they build a pile of stones. In Genesis 28, when God meets with Jacob and Bethel, he sets up a pillar, it says there. Noah built his altar. And there's that moment of the transfiguration where Jesus um, is transfigured and the disciples go, shall we build you a shelter? Should we build something to mark this place, to mark this moment? In 2005, um, I was involved with a building project at a church in West Sussex. Um, I got a phone call one day in August 2003, and I had a phone call, and the phone call said, you know your old chapel that you own in the middle of a housing estate that you don't use? Could we give you £1.2 million and build you a brand new building and give you the keys? They're conversations you don't forget in a hurry. I remember exactly where I was sitting, exactly where I was, and I took that phone call. In February 2005, that building was opened, Whitbourne Centre, for the community in the heart of a tough housing estate. People would walk into that building and say, what is it about this space? There's something different going on here. And yes, we work with agencies and health authorities and local councils, but there was something different because the church was at the heart of that building and God's presence was there. And 12 years later, that building is still going extremely well and some of our team have been to see it. God does reside in facilities. I don't know your theology with that, but I believe God is present in places. And lastly here, the Bible talks about how we must build for others. Buildings are never meant to be a self-centered um, something that for me and my benefit, I, I struggle when churches raise money for buildings and everyone wants a facility they can sit in. I had people say, my, my last church, someone said to me, I didn't pay for that seat for some hooligans from other places to come and wreck it. And I'm like, going, that's not what we're about. We build for other people. We build for other communities. It's all about others. It's selfless. We're not meant to be building something. Oh, we're nice and comfortable. Wouldn't that be nice and comfortable? 
We're not called to be comfortable. We're called to make a difference. We're build to make, building to make a space for thousands of others to come into a knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's why we build. We build for generations to come. Are you prepared today to sow a seed that will build a tree that you may never sit under the shade of? Because when they started building the abbey, the person who started building that never saw the end of it. It was often took generations to build in those days. Are we prepared to do something that we may never see the benefit from? Because it's not about us, it's about others. Dwayne talked about this getting ready for the moment. We need to get ready for the moment. Because when the moment happens, I don't want to be kind of patting my pockets going, oh, wow, it's a great building, but we're just not ready. Could you come back in six months? We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for the moment that's going to happen. And here's what we're going to do. We've got some practical things in place here. And the reason why we're being careful with our, our budget this year is because we want to say, could you go above and beyond with your giving so we can actually put some funds to one side for a building for Freedom Church? We're going to have two giving Sundays, one on the 30th of April and one on the 1st of October, where we're going to be specifically giving financially. And I know I talked to one of my leadership team this week, and they were already setting money aside so they can come on the 30th of April with money to give. Could you prepare yourself to start giving above and beyond? Could you come on those two Sundays to give towards the work of this uh, the building project? Could you increase your existing giving? If you are giving already, thank you so much. Look at all the things that we've done last year. Look at the annual report. Your giving enabled us to do that. Your giving enabled us to do But would you consider giving more than what you're already giving? Would you consider giving it and we'll earmark it all properly and make sure it goes, would you give above and beyond just towards this building project? So you'll say, thank you. Please don't stop your general giving. Thank you, the heads of giving, but we want to give more than and above and beyond. Would you do that? We've even having creative ideas about if you've got stuff at home that you don't have any use for, let us have it. We will sell it on eBay for you, and we'll put all the funds straight into the... There we go, Mary. I see that hand. Wonderful. Great. We'll sell Mary's house. Results. <laughs> joke, joke. <laughs> we, but if you've got things that you think, I just don't need that anymore. If we could sell that for you and put the, mon- the funds into... you know, If you think, I don't know how to even use eBay, we will do that for you. And then I remember last year at Generosity Sunday, we had this idea that David Carr put forward about starting small with just a pound, just a pound. Could you give a pound? Could you start giving small? There's something about the widow's might that's powerful. There's something about the heart of giving that I believe it's not about how much we give, it's what we bring, the attitude we bring our money with. And as we give and we sow with what we can, we have to believe that God will make something work. And we bring together what we can bring together and we trust God with his ability to take the small and make it big. You know, our job is not to fix this. This is a, this is a faith and works exercise. We're not going to stand around praying for a building. We're going to start preparing for a building, but we're not going to stop praying as well. We're going to believe for a miracle. There's a miracle. I'm telling you, the miracle is this. There are no buildings in Romsey. If there is a building, it has no car parking. If there's a field, developers want to put houses on it. For us to get a building in this place will be a miracle. It will be a miracle, but I believe in the God of miracles. It's good, isn't it? So we need to give what we can and bring your pound and start doubling it. I want to do that. I'm excited about what could God do with a few pounds that start doubling and doubling and doubling again. That would be great fun. We'll give you more detail as we go through the year, but 30th of April and 1st of October. Raise funds, prepare our hearts. We need to be ready for the moment so when it happens, we are not, like I said, patting our pockets. We're ready to go and to put things into place. You know, we look at the story of the Israelites. They left Egypt after 430 years of slavery. 
They become used to the, the way they lived. And Moses says, get ready because we're about to leave. And they had to gather their family, gather their belongings. It says in the Bible, they literally were carrying their food they'd half made in their cloaks as they were rushing out the door to leave to the promised land. We need to get ready for the moment. Are you ready? Are you prepared? So we can create space for growth. This is our year of adventure. It's good, isn't it? Please stand together. We want to pray in just a minute. I'm going to invite you. Can you stand up with me? That's all right. We want to be a church that prays. We can have the worship band come and join. We want to be a church that prays. Come on Friday night, Saturday mornings, pray. Um, Solomon, having just built the temple, heard God say this to him. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, restore their land. We want to be humble people who pray and see what God will do. And the last thing I want to say is, once we prepared our finances and prepared our hearts, we then have to stand back and watch what God will do. We do what we can do, and we trust God what he is able to do. Stand back and watch. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says these great words. He said, I planted the seed, and Apollos watered it. But God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor, for we are God's co-workers. This is participating in God's plans, I believe, for Freedom Church. Our job is to sow the seeds that we can sow, pray until the water comes, and we say, God, we trust you what you can do. We want to plant the seed. That's the vision I've just been trying to articulate this morning. We water it. That's our prayer this weekend. And then we stand back and watch what God will do. I'm going to invite Jim to lead us in time of worship now, a response to all we've heard. But I want to pass around during our worship time a bowl of seeds. These are mystery seeds. It's a bit like Jack and the Beanstalk, isn't it? Now, I ordered 200 seeds, but they were a lot smaller than I realized they would be. So I've got a very big bowl with some very small seeds. But as we go through our worship time here, I'm going to pass this bowl around and say, take a seed. Just take one, put it in your pocket, put it in your purse, somewhere safe, and plant it and see what grows. It's a mystery. It's legal. Don't worry. See what grows. Because we have to be intentional with our sowing. Nothing sows unless we plant something. And we prepare, prepare the soil, we prepare the, the water, and we say, God, you do what you're going to do. We have to be intentional with this. We cannot just keep standing back and hoping something might happen one day. Let's sow seeds and trust that God will grow into something much bigger. If we want something to grow, we have to do something. If we want to have our own church building, our own facility, we have to start putting things into place. Amen? For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.